Father, we're thankful that we could assemble here this evening to worship and to praise your name and also to learn from your precious, your living word. We ask, Lord, that you would teach us from these pages of this word of life and give us instruction for our lives and direction. We ask for your spirit, Spirit's inspiration and your blessing upon each one that is gathered uh, here this evening and even those that are listening online. We look to you now and ask for your blessing in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. For meditation this evening, I'd like to read just one verse, perhaps for the sake of time, continuing on in the book of James, and this would be the last verse of chapter 4. So James chapter 4, verse number 17. Where James writes and he says, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. This verse seems to be somewhat of a natural break in the book of James, inasmuch as if you look at the fifth chapter in the beginning verses there, the six verses um, of the sixth chapter, or the fifth chapter of James, he seems to be addressing a, a different audience than the one he has been addressing so far in the book of James. And if you recall, as we're working through the book of James, that there have been quite many, numerous directives and instructions or commands that James is giving to believers, to Christians, things that they ought to obey. Um, just to name some of them, um, that they should be asking God for wisdom, that the importance, and he stressed this a number of times so far in the book of James, the importance of being a doer of the word and not simply a hearer of it. Um, talks about controlling, uh, giving instruction and commands about controlling our anger, controlling our tongue. Um, numerous verses about uh, showing uh, mercy and help towards uh, and compassion to the poor and needy and especially to widows and, and to orphans. And then a number of times touching on the importance of, of not showing partiality. And and, and really, this verse number 17 almost seems to, to be a, um, a climax, in a sense, in the sense that he now says, therefore, almost in the sense of giving all these instructions and explaining them, as he has done this far in the book of James, he says, therefore, and then he goes on to say, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. In other words, all these things that he has been instructing, which are good things to, to keep and to do, he's, he's pointing them out and then making the point that, that really if we fail to do these good things that we are asked and commanded to do, that that is sin. And we call that really uh, often the sin or a sin of omission. Um, 
We normally would think of sin as, as breaking a commandment of God, breaking um, or, or disobeying the, the precepts and the commands that are given to us in the word. And, and that, uh, for example, thou shalt not steal or that we shouldn't lie or, or many other commands that we are given and even the things that James has talked about. And these really, when, when someone commits that, um, a sin like that, that is what is called a sin of commission. But we, James is really addressing something a little bit different here in that he's addressing what we call sins of omission. The Bible makes it very clear that all unrighteousness is sin. In other words, everything that is displeasing to God goes against God's word, becomes sinfulness, and that takes on different forms as we can see and will see as we look and, and try to um, look a little bit deeper into this verse here. So a sin of omission is, is really one of neglect, and it is something that perhaps in our lives, can be easily overlooked. And as we consider this verse, I think it, it, it bears, um, it's important that we consider it, first of all, in the light of those that are unconverted and those that may be here this evening that have not yet committed their, their lives to, to Christ. This is a verse that, that also speaks directly to you. In Hebrews chapter 2, the Bible says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And the reality is that on judgment day for the sinner, it, it is not going to um, be a, a question of all the things that they have done wrong that will really be the, the, the main point of judgment but rather why they neglected to accept the forgiveness that was being offered so freely by God. Why they have neglected um, the love and the mercy and the grace that was freely offered through Jesus Christ, God's Son, and the, and the forgiveness that is available to those that are lost through faith in Jesus Christ and, and what he has done on the cross and his atoning work on the cross and in shedding his blood. And, and really, and of course, we don't know exactly what that judgment day will all look like. The Bible makes it clear that all of us will appear before the judgment seat of Christ, the believer and the unbeliever. And, and certainly, I think the, the, the glaring question for those that were never converted will be why they did not accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that really is probably, not probably, is most certainly the, the greatest sin of omission, of neglecting that great salvation that is being offered. In John 3.16, these are such familiar verses, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then it goes on to say, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But then it says, But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed 
in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is that great sin of omission for those that that are not redeemed and have not been saved, that they have neglected to accept the forgiveness that is available through Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus spoke a parable of a wedding feast where many were invited to come. And there were some that that came, the Bible says, Jesus said in the parable, without a wedding garment. And, And we know in the parable that they were rejected. They were cast out because they didn't have the wedding garment. And and that wedding garment that is spoken of here is none other than that robe of righteousness that that everyone can have when they put on Christ, when they receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because it's not our good deeds, it's not good works, and and neither is it trying to avoid sin in our lives that saves us, but only the blood of Jesus Christ. It's only through, through the merit of what Jesus did on the cross that we can be saved and that's what needs to be accepted and not neglected because that is as I've already said that great sin of omission but as we consider uh, what James is writing here he's really writing this in the context that he has been thus far in the book of James to believers very clearly instructing them and Certainly, as, as Christians, we, we recognize and we know that, that we commit sin, that we are not perfect, we, we do sin, we do things that, uh, that clearly the Bible teaches us not to. And even in the book of James here, we can see there are numerous things that, that really were sin that James was pointing out in the lives of these believers, unbelief and doubt. He talked in the first chapter there about the lust that, that can birth sin and grow into sin and, and where that can lead. Um, the sin of anger and, and even the sin of partiality, which he very specifically calls out um, here too in verse 9 of chapter 2. But if you have respect of persons, he commits sin. And, and there are um, other ones that he mentions as well, jealousy and worldliness, judging. Um, and, and others that are mentioned as well. And these are all sins that can be committed and would be literally sins of commission in a sense, that they are committing something that we are commanded not to do or to avoid, that go against the law and, uh, of God and against the instructions that God gives us. And in a sense, we could say that... that um, Sins of commission, or sins that we commit, are also, in a sense, a sin of omission. And what do we mean by that? When, when we commit sin, we, we really are um, lacking the godly fear and, and the reverence that we should have that often will keep us from sinning. If we acknowledge God and, and who he is and his holiness and, and, and righteousness and how he hates evil, if that um, truth is, is firmly uh, embedded into our hearts and minds, that godly fear and reverence should keep us from, from committing sin. And, and in a sense, it's, it's the lack of that or omitting that in our lives 
that, that can bring that about. In the same way, if, we, we don't, if we, we're lacking in, in the love and devotion that we should have towards God, that should really move us in our hearts and, and, and cause us to recognize how, how even the smallest sin grieves our Father's heart. And, and that too should, should motivate us to, to not go in that direction. But it is, I believe, in many ways, the sins of omission that, that we are often prone to, to, um, to commit. Um, because we, we know very clearly what, uh, what God instructs us in his word that, that we should not do. And, and I think as believers, we all strive to, to be obedient to God's word and with God's help to, to live in obedience to that. But yet, we can, um, when we recognize that all unrighteousness is sin, and even in this area of things, as the Bible says here, the good things that we should do, and, and when we don't do them, that that also is sin. Because, in a sense, sin is often described as missing the mark. It's, it's falling short of living the way God wants us to do, and sins of omission are indeed missing the mark. Jesus gave um, two commandments. He, when the, I believe it was a rich young, young ruler that came to Jesus and asked what he needed to do to inherit eternal life, if I'm not mixing it up, but he said there's two commandments that are important. And he, he concluded that by saying that they, these two commandments, contain all of the law and the prophets. So in other words, you can take all of the commands and the directives that are given to us in Scripture, and they can be condensed into these two commandments. And they are, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and the great commandment, Jesus said. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. In many ways, it's in in failing or neglecting to love God the way we should that we are committing a sin of omission in different ways that that may play it out in our lives. And how, how does that come about? And, and I think many times it is when we simply give God less than he deserves. This, this commandment says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. And yet, beloved, isn't it true that so many times in our Christian lives that we give God our leftovers? We, we don't make him first and... As we're, uh, as, as we're looking in Bible class at, at Revelations, um, the church that had left its first love, where we know as, as young Christians, as new Christians, and, and there's a lot of zealousness and a lot of um, uh, desire to fervently serve the Lord with all of our hearts, but in time that can wane, and many times we can come into that place when we are not loving God with all of our hearts the way we should. And that manifests itself in in how we treat his word. And often, 
knowing that, that even as James uh, in the first chapter talks about being not only hearers of the word but doers of it, but also coming to God's word like unto a mirror that we should see ourselves, see how we are, and, and, and ask God to reveal our hearts um, to us so that we could become more conformed to Jesus. And yet, we do neglect God's word. We don't give it the importance that it should have and, and allow it to be the light that will illuminate um, our lives and, and show us how to live. And, and really, neglecting God's word is, in a sense, of sin, of omission. When we perhaps go to, to other sources, even worldly sources, for, for wisdom or for guidance and direction instead of going to God's word. And that is a sin of omission, omitting God's word, maybe not entirely, but certainly not giving it the place of preeminence that it should have in our lives. The true can also be said of, of the time we spend meditating on God's word and allowing him to, to speak to our hearts, the time that we spend in prayer. And often in the busyness of our lives, we, we neglect to pray. We omit even prayer in our lives. And very um, moving scripture we find in, in uh, 1 Samuel. Samuel, as he approached the end of his life, he's... Um, you know, he was a faithful servant. He had disappointments. His sons were not following in his footsteps. The children of Israel, more often than not, were not obedient. But in his, in his final um, moments, we could say he, he makes this address. And then among the instructions that he gives to the children of Israel and, and to God's people of the things that they should observe his word and, and obey the Lord and, and follow him, and then he says this in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23. He says, Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. And then he goes on to say, But I will teach you the good and the right way. Think about that for a moment. God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. And who among us as believers is not guilty of the same sin, of neglecting to pray? And many times, and I have done that, we can maybe become familiar with a situation and, and somebody shares something with us and, we, and we, we, they ask us to pray for them and we say that we will pray for them. And then we don't. We forget. Or we neglect to, to pray um, for the very things that, that come to our minds, the needs that are, are made known to us. And, and even as James also said in, in, I believe it was here in chapter 4 as well, that you have not because you ask not. And certainly uh, the not praying when we should, not asking God when we should, forgetting to pray when we shouldn't forget to pray, all of those kinds of situations and others that would include prayer can be a sin of omission, of neglect in our lives. 
More could be said of, of how we ought to be loving God with all of our hearts, soul, strength, and mind, and, and how we neglect to do that, and, and how that displeases God. But also in this second commandment, that in failing to love our neighbor as ourselves, we can also commit the sin of omission. We can do that by neglecting the needs that they have. And in the second chapter of, of James here, um, he writes, If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and be filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And that neglect, that not... Loving our neighbor as ourself can and is a sin of omission. When we fail to see the needs of others and if we have the ability to help them and we don't. We have the example in scripture of, of the Good Samaritan. And we know that a priest and a Levite, they just walked by this, uh, this man that was lying half dead on the side of the road. And, and for whatever reasons they may have had in their mind, and, and maybe they, they felt that they couldn't violate the commands of God by, by touching or, or someone that was dying, or maybe they thought he was already dead and didn't want to touch him and defile themselves. But in their neglect of, of helping this, this man that was lying there, they, they really committed a sin of omission because they did not have the love and compassion that ultimately the Good Samaritan had for them. And Jesus, in, in, his, um, in Matthew 25, he, he talks about uh, those that are in prison, those that need clothing and, and need to be visited and, and so on. And then he says, Truly I say unto you, as much as you did it not unto, the one, unto one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And that is an indictment. That is, is really Jesus pointing out sin or sins of omission in not helping those that have need. Probably one area that I know I lack in and, and many of us lack in in, in, in an area of, of what also would be a sin of omission is not sharing the gospel as we should, neglecting to do that. And, and Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians, he says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For, of necessity, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. And I think he recognized that, that not to preach the gospel would, would be sin for him. That would be a sin of omission if he neglected to fulfill the calling that he had to, to preach the gospel. And, and this is certainly an area that, that I think all of us can improve on to be more ready to, to share of the hope that lies within us. Why, why is it that... that Perhaps we um, so easily and sometimes even without noticing 
uh, or really being aware of it can commit these sins. And I think a part of that has to do with, with the very sin nature that still wants to control our lives and that we need to war against and that often is at war within us. In, in Romans chapter 7, seven it, it says, Paul says this, For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. He's really, in a sense, talking about the same thing that James says here. Knowing that there's good that we should do, but then not doing it. Partly because of, of the way that nature wants to rise up within us and, and control our lives rather than the Holy Spirit controlling our lives. And in many ways, these, these sins of omission become very common and can be unnoticed. And sometimes when things are common, um, they do go unnoticed. But often it may too be that, that we're simply too busy in our lives. And, and, and we, we intend to do the good. It says here, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good. So here it's really speaking about someone who is consciously aware and knowing the good things that they should do. And, and many of us have those good intentions to do good things, but are often too busy to do them, or too preoccupied, or, or, or just um, not getting around to it, or maybe simply, well, I'll do it, but I'll, not now, I'll do it a little bit later. And that busyness can often put us in this place where though we know we ought to do the good, we don't end up doing it. And that neglect, that omission, can be a sin. And often those opportunities that are there before us to do good, in Galatians it says um, that we should do good to all men, especially to those of the household of faith, as much as you have opportunity. And, And often the opportunities are there, but we are too busy or too preoccupied and we don't do it and then the opportunity is gone. The Lord can and will look at that missed opportunity as something that is a sin because he wanted us to do it for him. You know, God has given us our conscience. He gives us the Holy Spirit as believers to convict us um, of the wrong that we do. And, and I think most of us, when we do wrong, we have that conviction. Or at least we ought to, we should, we better. And if we don't, there is something wrong. But I don't think our, our conscience or our sensitivity, our hearts and our minds are that in tune to also be sensitive to those sins of omission that can easily um, creep into our lives if we're if we're not careful. If we... Consider these sins of omission, these things that so easily creep onto our lives, we we clearly want to know, well, how can we minimize that? How can we um, overcome that tendency that seems to be there so often? And in the first place, as with all sin, whether it's a sin that we commit um, in the sense of disobeying a command that is God has given to us, or it's a sin 
as we have read here, that we are committing because we are not doing the good things that God has shown us that we can do. It's all the same. We need to confess that to God. We need to ask him for forgiveness. In the next chapter here, we read, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we may tend perhaps to look at these sins of omission, and even though they are sins, more of faults or shortcomings or just missing the mark, but not in the same light or magnitude as, as other sins. But even if we consider them in a lesser light, the instruction is still the same here from God's word. We need to confess that one to another and pray for each other. Pray that we would be more ready, more open, more, our eyes would be more open to see those needs all around us. In 1 John, the Bible um, gives a similar instruction. John writes, he says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And this really broadens the scope of sin. And as I said earlier, the Bible teaches us that all unrighteousness is sin. And so that includes not just the sins that we commit, but even those sins that, of the things that we know are good to do and we don't do them. Knowing God's word, being in tune with God teaches in his word will help us not to, to fall into this area of, of sins of omission. In Psalm 119, it says, The entrance of thy, word, of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. And we need God's word to be firmly um, imprinted in our hearts, in our minds, so that, that we can recognize the good and, and have the, the love and the passion and the desire to serve God and to live for him, to carry it out. In Romans chapter 12, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And that is not just not doing what is wrong, but it's also doing what is right and, and doing that as much as we can. But we also need to be led by God's Spirit. Um, Jesus said that when he would go back to the Father, that he would send the Spirit and that he would lead us into all truth. He would remind us of the things that he has spoken, that he has taught. And it's when we are in tune with the Spirit of God that we will recognize the good that he wants us to do it and that we will be obedient in doing it right away. Certainly, there... There are consequences for even sins of omission, just as there are for sins of, that we commit of disobeying, disobeying God's word. And those, those are temporal, and, and they can also be, and, and certainly will be, eternal as well. And probably in the temporal sense, when we fail, as it says here, as we have read, to do 
do good, not only is it sin, but it also robs us of the blessing that God wants to give into our lives. And we miss out on the opportunities that we have to serve him and to do good, especially when we're not in tune to those opportunities when they come. And, and we miss out on the potential that God wants us to have in impacting his kingdom here on earth. And we need to keep that in mind and, and really ask God not only to show us the good that we can do, but, but just give us the, the desire, the passion, the, the heart to do it. The Bible says, um, I believe it's in Colossians, it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. We are wholly dependent on God to give us that desire, to, to give us the, the love and the compassion that we need and, and to, to cause that, um, that desire and that will to, to grow within us, but then also to give us the strength and the ability to carry it out and to do it with the grace and help that he gives. And that is important because... One day, all of us will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We read that in 2 Corinthians. It says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. The unconverted, in that they have rejected the salvation that has been offered. The believer also, the Bible says very clearly, for the good and the bad, we will be judged. And that includes the good that we have failed to do. We all want to, as as believers, come to the end of our lives and to stand before the Lord and to hear even as, as... the Apostle Paul, as he was approaching the end of his life, and he talked about running the race and, and, and fighting a good fight, and, and that there was a crown of righteousness, or a crown awaiting him. And we want to hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. And it's we want to be able to hear that, and, and not just for the, the sin that we have been able, with God's grace and with God's help, to avoid in our lives, but also the grace of God that, that helped us to, to be able to do the good that he wants us to do. And to do that to as many as we can, and as often as we can, all by the grace of God, and for his glory, not for our own. That we do it because he loved us first, and we want to show that love for him and honor him by being obedient to him. Not breaking his commandments, but also in doing the good that he has called us to do with the strength that he empowers us to do it. Amen.